0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Momentum. And we are 31.3-year Wall Street veterans who have had to take on secret identities and go underground in order to provide our candid views on a handful of stocks out of each week's Value Line investment survey. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air. So we've disguised our voices, and they'll never know. This week, we look at the January 27th, 2012 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey, small and mid-cap edition. But before we get into that, a couple of important caveats. First, this show is for entertainment purposes only. That's not a guarantee. Secondly, uh, Mo and I are just kicked back after work. This is a hobby. So while during the week we do a lot of very careful fundamental analysis, uh, we've done none of that here. Third... And my lawyer says I need to remind you that we may not have your best interest in mind and may be recommending the opposite of what you should actually do, so do your own work. And finally, uh, this week we've both been heavily drinking, so thanks for joining me, Mo. Well.
1: Lawyer. Lawyer wine. What? <laughs> this is the lawyer wine. Oh, right.
0: My lawyer sent me that.
1: Blair Estate. Yeah. Napa Valley. If there are any wine fans out there, tell us if this stuff is expensive. Well, it was a Christmas present,
0: so I'm finally getting around to it. it. Um, See all our caveats and uh, comments and links to best ideas and other various things at www.thevalueguys.com. And you can also see us in iTunes on The Value Guys or Google us, The Value Guys. And actually, if you, uh, I just realized this, Mo, we've been doing five years of shows. If you Google up The Value Guys, space, and a ticker symbol, there's half a chance that show from that stock will come up. I was playing with this the other day, so it's pretty interesting. Um, so we're going to get to uh, this week's uh, four tremendous value ideas this week. That's what you're going to get from the value guys. Every week we bring you, or we miss a few weeks here and there, but most every week, occasionally, we will bring you three or four really kick-ass Value ideas here on the value. Isn't that setting the bar a little high? Uh, okay, three or four, really, somewhat interesting. Occasionally, value ideas yeah, yeah. here on the value line. It's true, observer. Good. So um,
1: another promise. Now, yeah, I, I an email we've been getting.
0: Yeah, I have to uh, make a, an announcement, which is we've been getting some email, and you can email us at uh, val at dot com or mo m o e not at all. Demo, not M O W right yeah. at thevalueguys.com. We take mail. Uh, one thing I've been hearing recently is that the show, and we, you know, we've been getting some uh, good rankings. We were, uh, you know, in iTunes. I think we were number twenty five a couple weeks ago, whatever. So the show seems to be something people, you know, listen to occasionally, whatever. But we've been getting some email that the show could use some sprucing up, Mo. And I don't know how to take that. Some somebody said that we
1: should, uh, for example, add music. I like that idea. I think I think either I had two ideas. Well, we could sing theme or, the theme song to Shaft, but would have to play royalties Or Man from on that. U.N.C.L.E. That would be good. Yeah, that would be good. So we, yeah. I mean, we could we were working something. on something that.
0: that's in the lab. So and then the other thing is Rocky theme. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of lot of good, good ideas. Yeah. So if you think there's a particular theme song that would reflect uh, what the Value Guys is all about, just email yep. Val at the Value Guys. Let me know because we, we evidently there's a lot of folks that think we could use some music. I'm not one of them, by the way.
1: And the guy, the guy who wants us to do the look back. Yeah, we do have someone suggesting, and that's a good idea. We could look at
0: stocks from uh, who knows six months ago or something. And then the other thing was. Um,
1: segments people yeah. are like hey do some yeah. show segments i think that's what's it. that about i like you know the guy who hired the Sky rider with the suggestions that they were out over the brooklyn bridge and doing that whole doing the doing the suggestions did you see that i did and i thought i did a, not see that I, I actually got it on my iphone really yeah post so we're that. gonna put, post that yeah you know um i should also i don't want to spill the beans but we're talking to the weather channel about a reality show are we now? Well, I am. Yeah. It's, we're sort of in the go. We're, it's a near very early stages. What but you kind never of stuff know. are we going to be doing with them? Just to, they want to film the show the way they do so many other plays. You know, like I'mus and you know Rush Limbaugh. They want to do us. Bring cameras in here and the Weather Channel. It's a starting stepping stone. It's not. It's like, not the big time. At not that yet, point. but it's a you know. It's okay. A, well, it's great all the guys that I could get it to on. answer my emails. <laughs> Bring it on in. All right. Um, Well, I – you know,
0: in the spirit of this uh, segment idea –
1: Right. You want to do – Well, I
0: talk about this all the time. National economic trends. It's at the St. Louis Federal Reserve.
1: Get it. Okay. Because chicks go wild. When you're in a bar and you pull us up on your iPhone, which Val did the other night – yeah, I'm telling you, it was a chick magnet. They just they these they they eat these economic. Well, they like trends. Wall Street guys. Well, that's true. and if you have an economic chart, why don't you just chart? show me your W two? I mean, all of these uh, uh, these charts. It's like well, uh, I don't you know I don't carry it. You know, yeah, well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it
0: laminated into in go. my wallet. Hey, well, so I national national
1: national economic? economic
0: trends. So I'm going to start a segment right now. It's called uh, paging through national economic trends. And we, make, we could have a little music to that, too. You know, I don't know. Who anyway. needs Ambient? We can just yeah. read you to sleep. So, okay, so I'm on page three of this. The first thing I notice. There are a lot of graphs well, on this chart. That's but what the I'm one about. I'm noticing is called interest rates. And I see that the 10-year rate is at 2%. I've lived a long time. They've never been at 2%. And I want to point out to people, because oftentimes I, I run into people that don't think about it this way. That means that the long bond, this is the ten-year U.S. Treasury, is trading at fifty times five zero times pre-tax earnings. No one thinks about that, but that it is. And what that suggests is that annuities with low risk are worth a lot. So, are we in a soft economy?
1: What's the math yeah. behind that fifty times?
0: Well, it would be one divided by.
1: 0.2. That's complex.
0: Yeah, so that's, I don't want to get into a lot of... That's complex. Uh, and I don't have a calculator here. But if you have $100... Wow, well, I
1: wish I had a master's.
0: Yeah, well, listen, that's I cool. learned a few more things than that, but that was one thing. That's great. And, uh, but if you have, a, let's say, $100 and you earn 2% on it, you get $2. Yes. That means that $2 if you're in earning. present value land is worth $100 when the discount rate is 2%. See what I mean? Yep. So, uh, I think that's pretty amazing. What it does is it means that stocks that are less than 50 times pre-tax are cheap. Might be cheap relative to the long bond. So, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. The other thing I noticed is that the three-month treasury is zero zero, and we've got the Federal Reserve saying it's going to stay zero. Till 2014. Now, this happened in Japan and it wasn't good but I think we're going to have a little better population growth, which is going to keep the economy kind of rolling along. Because the thing about interest rates is it's also a hurdle rate. So let's say we're all going to have an idea about starting a business. You know, we're going to put up uh, all our money. So we're going to get a bunch of friends. We're going to get a million dollars. We're going to open a restaurant or whatever it is. (coughs) If you go down to the bank and you want to borrow money and they say the interest rate is 10%, well, then you know... That on your million dollars, you're going to have to earn more than a hundred thousand to pay. I'm sorry, yeah, that's right. More yep. than a hundred thousand to be able to pay the interest rate, which means
1: you better have a good. You better idea have then. a
0: good restaurant. Right. But now, the interest rate's
1: two percent,
0: so on your million dollar loan, you only need to earn twenty thousand. So to you're saying there's going to
1: be a big decline in restaurant well, quality, so in, we short the restaurant. There's sector. incentives now to do
0: worse capital projects than you might otherwise, the bar is low. It's like if you had to have just a 1.0 grade point average to get a job over at Goldman Sachs. I did. I mean, it Well, was right. I mean, back in the 70s, though, anybody could college, get a job yeah. there. But, I mean, nowadays, you obviously, if you had a 1.0 grade point, they'd have a lot of people over there who weren't that good, and it would, it would sully the brand. You know what I mean, but that in effect, is what's happened over in the capital markets where there's no discipline now. If you can borrow money at two percent, are you really going to be that careful with it? Uh, the question is,
1: can you borrow well, money well, the government at 2%? can
0: that's my yeah, point. That's the government is borrowing money at two percent. Are they going to be that careful with it at that rate? Why would you so I wouldn't so. Yeah. Anyway, that concludes this week's segment of, uh, what did I call it, Browsing Through National Economic Trends. I'll have to work on the title.
1: Yeah, I like that. that. Yep. So yep. Something yep. like that. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Okay, what, uh, what else do we have? You're in bonuses. Did you get yeah. yours? Uh,
0: I uh, sort I of did. of 1%. Well, I sort of did. You know, my bonus is tied into the performance of the firm. I already know what the performance of the firm is. Now, the chairman is out of town, so I haven't been able to talk to the chairman. You know, we have a little, we have a small group. So I haven't been able to talk to the chairman. I really do need his permission. To get the bonus. For me to take a bonus. So I'm waiting for him to return from his. We just got ours. Yeah. How'd that go? I saw the caps at
1: Morgan Stanley were uh, lower than they were back, in the 90s. Well, we're, we're obviously a big chunk of the non-pay compensation is in something wonderfully called future uh, unsecured. Oh, future unsecured. Compensation units. Future unsecured, unsecured compensation units. Is there a,
0: an, an acronym? acronym for that?
1: <laughs> well, we'll just let you figure that out. Write that huh. down on an envelope and see what that says to you. Well, here's the interesting thing, though, Mo. A few years ago, people
0: were screaming about the cash compensation of Wall Street. So they, in effect, have cut that, and they've made it more in stock and future uh, uncollateralized.
1: Unsecured compensation. Um,
0: but what's going to happen, in my opinion, is the stocks are going to do so well as the economy recovers that that's going to end up being better than cash it bonuses could be like anyway. The
1: the um the first Boston guys just got their – Non-cash compensation in toxic assets. Toxic assets. You know, I heard something about that. You gotta love it. You can't. You can't feed this stuff to anybody. So you you feed it to your own investment. It's managers. like, hey, you sold this, so guess what? Now You're gonna it's in, in your, your it. bonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's fair. That might be interesting. That might be interesting. Well, your bonus must be pretty good. So your 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 kid is taking private basketball lessons. Uh, yeah, we have. Uh,
0: we have Michael Jordan come by when he can and help us out, you know.
1: No, that are is, you that kidding is me? A,
0: that is amazing. No, it would be amazing. No, amazing. we're not doing anything like that. He is actually with uh, with his Uncle Ned right now shooting baskets, but we told him it was private lessons so he would feel good about it. That's when he Mark. talks to his friends.
1: That's Mark. That's and Mark. Uh,
0: his Uncle Ned is dressed up in... You know basketball, carb and all that. He doesn't. He doesn't know. He he doesn't know his uncle Ned. So we're taking advantage of that right now. Very cool. Yeah, it is cool. cool. I think so.
1: Um, God's Ned's gonna... not his
0: real name, by the way.
1: Gotta protect him. Yeah, it's yeah. like us. Yeah. Um, right. what else? Anything else? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. Le- it's leapier. Is it? And we have an extra day in this month, so we're looking for arbitrage ideas. Uh, well, we did get one uh Earlier, Party
0: supplies was In the one. hallway. Yeah, it's party supplies for those February 29th birthday
1: people. Yep, it's an extra day that gets yeah. put into all those Chuck E. Cheese's and the party supply people. So we'll we'll keep you posted on that, but we're working on that. And one extra day in the month. It only happens, you know, every four years, and so there has got to be some interesting little cork that we can work on and make some money on that. Yeah. But you it's know, hard. we're... Uh,
0: we're well into the show here. We're not even talking about stocks. I'm All so right, sorry, go. listeners. This has really gotten out of hand. Dover this segment thing is not working out. Look how late in the show we are now. The lawyer wine could be makes your tongue run. All right. Well, four <laughs> ideas this week.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Dover Saddlery. We're going to go alphabetical. Full House Resorts. Tandy Leather. Why am I saying these in advance? I've never done that. I don't know. It's a whole new and world. And Wayside Technology. So first up. Dover Saddlery, ticker D-O-V-R. O V R. Don't know the page number. Going alphabetical. And uh, what do I like about this mo? Well, the first thing I'm attracted to is the valuation. It's selling at a 20% discount to the market PE. That's along the top of the value line page. So I keep looking. What's my theme on this? I like to have themes or thesis, either way. I'm indifferent to the what you call it. My theme on this Dover Saddlery. They operate as a specialty retailer of equestrian products for the English and Western-style riding industry. So my thesis is that the 1%, because they're under siege, they're going to be looking for lower-cost
1: equestrian products. Because these guys are direct marketers. And you have 12 polo ponies, and, you know, you well, got to buy stuff for all those ponies, and you want to cu- you cu- cut costs a little. Do you know, we're not even serving lunch on the corporate jet. You're not. Peanuts, is that right? We're getting peanuts. Well, so there's a there is a cost. There is a, a threshold. There's a pullback, and this plays to that. Is it paper plates or still China? No, it's still China. Okay, so that's
0: not. But that's the next shoe to fall. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Um, well, on this one, uh, the thesis would simply be. They're a direct marketer of equestrian products, and so you can save a little money by ordering direct. And it's not so much the saddle and all the gear that you need, the tack and all that, because you do want to be there in person for that. But it's all the stuff that is a regular, you know, ongoing stuff that wears out. So Polo sticks, uh, for instance.
1: I go through those well, like uh, yeah, I go through time. Grooming
0: times. supplies, yeah. clippers, coat care, soap, all these kinds of things that you need. And uh, the company has, uh, over the years, not grown very fast because the, uh, and I did some work on this, the number of horses in America that are being used in uh, recreational activities, not really growing that fast. Huh. Pretty stable. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. And ever Shocking. since the car came in, uh, horses in general have been under you know, uh, yeah, some kind make, of siege make... on terms of numbers. So it's not a growing industry. But it's stable. But it's stable. And uh, these guys put up pretty good returns. In fact... Other than 08, when, you know, nobody spent any money on anything, they've been showing a consistent growth in returns. They put up a 16.5% return on capital last year. It looks like it's going to be a little higher this year. Sales are around $78 million. That's up from a little lower last year, about a 3% growth. And this year, it looks like they're running 1% or 2% above that. Their operating margin has shown some consistent growth growth over the last three years, but it's just still around 6%. So these direct marketers, they don't make it on margin. They make it on asset turnover in terms of returns on capital. And the final thing that I like, of course, is it's 6.3 times EBITDA. So, again, if enterprise value is the price we have to pay to own all the cash flows, that's the stock value plus the debt, less the cash, uh, and then we get the EBITDA, earnings before interest taxes and depreciation, 63 means we're earning roughly a 16% cash-on-cash cash return. And as I mentioned, the long bond is at 2, so 16. That's real money. If we bought this company, we'd earn a 16% return, and that should create some type of floor on the stock. Um, they do have, uh, sh- they, they have shown a willingness to buy stock with excess cash flow, so there could be a little bit of that going on over time. Uh, they're not growing very fast, just as the market demands, and they manage their advertising um, as a cost of acquisition. So they know what each customer is worth as a customer, they know how much it costs to acquire that customer, and so they're managing that using cable television and direct marketing to make sure the price of the acquiree is not higher than the value of the acquiree, and they're very good at that. So Dover Saddlery, DOVR, like it.
1: Well, you want the sixteen percent return. I I wanna hit it out of the ballpark. So so let me walk you through some numbers. There's four and a half million shares, right, and stocks trading at five. So let's say that we offered ten dollars in a takeover. So that's forty five million dollars. Um, and say we had to borrow forty million or something like that. <clears throat> they have nine million and Debt on the balance sheet. So let's round everything and say by the time we buy the whole company, we we're we're out out of pocket fifty million. Yeah. And if we borrowed all that money at five percent interest, which I suspect we could, it would our interest would be about two and a half million dollars. Yeah. And uh, when you look at uh, the fifty-five cents a share in cash flow, uh, we'd be able to cover that. Yeah. Just from the cash flow of the company. That's right. So I'm. So You're dusting who, off the old LBO model. Who is the Carl icon of the small cap world in this new? Because we keep coming across these names again and again and again. A week, a couple of weeks ago it was Koss. Yeah, we've had two or three of these where you could actually. I mean, these are not dumb numbers. Plus, if you if you was quietly accumulated the shares, you wouldn't have to buy all of the floats, So you just keep buying and buying and buying till you till you file. Um. I I I don't want 16%. I want to own the whole company. And uh if we can get uh 10 listeners to each put up uh 250 grand, I think we can go out and take a hard look at this. So email us and let us know because I to me, I keep looking at some of these names and thinking if if this was the heyday of 1990, these would all be these hot takeover names. Yeah. Anyway, so there's my take on Dover. Let's take it over. I don't want the sixteen percent return. Take on it over,
0: Take it over. Take it take over. over. Dover. Yep. Okay. Good. Uh, Next up. Yeah. A company called Full House Resorts. Uh, ticker FLL. Um, what do they do? When you play cards, isn't that a full house? You get a- Well, good. Yes, Mo. And so they're named after a card game. After a card game that they host in their casinos. This is a casino. They develop, manage, invest in gaming-related opportunities, it says. The company is involved in the Harrington Raceway and Casino in Delaware. I've never been there. The Firekeepers Casino near Battle Creek, Michigan, and it has a 50% ownership in Gaming Entertainment, LLC, which manages the Harrington Raceway and Casino. And, uh, what else do they have? Or they just received approval from the National Indian Gaming Commission uh, for a three-year deal with some Indians in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And so they're going to be opening a few more things down there, a thing called the Sports Bar <coughs> Casino. Now, what am I interested in here? Uh, gambling is one of the few places in consumer land that has not yet recovered from the recession so this thing is still selling below its old peaks, uh, which is clear from the stock price, two seventy four. Um, but on this whole page of ten years it never really got much above uh five, which it actually hit early in two thousand eleven. Um, but the thing about this thing is they're showing some some slight improvement. The sales are going up. They didn't really get impacted too much in oh eight that I could see in terms of sales, because they kept doubling and they've probably been acquiring things. their operating margin in two thousand and ten was sixty six percent. Who puts up an operating margin like that so clearly they're uh, they're they're not owning the real estate they're just acting as a servicer uh, to the properties and then they're putting up a net margin of twenty three percent that's after tax who does that nobody uh, returns on capital 16%, 17 percent with no debt. And here's the most surprising thing: when I do an enterprise value to EBITDA basis, stock at 274. Um, they have 18 million shares. So I'm actually going to use a calculator here because I'm in my office. I don't usually have a calculator, so don't get used to that. I'm wow, it's gonna... bigger. Than your calculator is <laughs>
1: yeah. bigger than my iPhone. This is an HP 12. Oh, <laughs> well, I have it this on is my... in the Smithsonian. I have it on the iPhone. Well, you do have it, but and this mine, is the real mine one. is actually my my. What? HP Smaller than yours. That's outrageous. All right. Well, what have you? 18
0: million shares, 274. That's 49 million in equity value. I'm going to add 30 million in debt. I'm going to subtract 17 million in cash. That gets me 62 million in enterprise value. And the operating income here uh, is uh, 33 million in revenue. This is a 2010 number times 66% operating margins. Who's doing that? No one. It's unbelievable. So the enterprise value to EBITDA on this thing is 2.9. That's not even possible. And so the return is 34%. Not bad? No. Not bad? That's pretty good. Now, there's a couple things to say about that. One is we can't actually buy this company because... Undoubtedly, with these gambling companies, you need approvals from all the licenses: the Nevada Gaming Commission, the New Jersey Gaming Commission, the Massachusetts Gaming Commission. You don't just walk in and start a casino, and those things can take years. So um, that's why the takeout value here, um, you know, not it's,
1: not not <laughs> not gettable.
0: It's not gettable because you don't get the business. But still, assuming that the company can grow it's trading at 12 times earnings mm-hmm. and uh you, know. and you and
1: you've got 3 years of expanding i always look at the pe ratio as an investor applause meter and the higher that applause meter the more the more the confidence level and you look it's traded at a 41% discount to the market the next year was at a you know uh it it was only at a 47% relative pe now it's at a 79% relative pe so it's been some margin expansion which suggests that the confidence level is rising. Well, uh, and maybe because they've got some of these deals, you know that the next
0: few years they're going to be opening up casinos. And I would say that consumer confidence is slowly curing. This last Christmas, I don't know if any listeners went through the retail data, but you can go and look it up at Commerce Department. You know, there's, there's data on retail sales by month going back for 20 years, and you can look at this stuff. In December... Um, and my memory's a little hazy since I looked at it an hour ago. I'm not remembering it. But um, the year-over-year numbers in retail, I think, we're running around six, seven percent year-over-year. Now there was a lot of publicity about the fact that December was down from November, but those are all seasonably seasonably adjusted, seasonally adjusted, and so it's not a, a good number in the sense that December sales are twice November. The only way they show them down is they seasonally adjust them for things like temperature and weather, which are different than the seasonally adjustment factors anyway. So I think that's all nonsense. Um, the truth was year over year things are running six, 6% higher, and these guys are probably the gamblers being a little bit higher up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's going to take them a while. Maslow's
1: hierarchy of needs? Yeah. That's not a finance term. Yeah,
0: we use that all the time here in the shop. You do? Needs not once, my friend. I like that. Needs the little, not That once. little
1: triangle. Little triangle. Freshman year psychology. Yeah, yeah, yeah Well, yeah.
0: we've been talking about this on the show for a long time because back in 08 and 09, it was needs not once, lower on Maslow's hierarchy. That's where you bought stocks.
1: I have an inverted, now, I have an inverted triangle. Well, a lot I of, would rather have my Porsche than food. Yeah. But anyway. Well, we'll see how far you get with it. I guess you yeah. can always sell it for food if you
0: need it. Yeah, but true. Full House Resorts, uh, it's cheap- it hasn't recovered. They got some things in the hopper that are going to lay out over the next couple of years. Little months. margin expansion. Certainly worth a look. Full House, FLL.
1: You know what W.C. feels? He was a, I forget what movie it was. He was, uh, he was gambling and, and he, was a, he was playing cards. And he's asked by the guy that he's playing cards with, this is a game of chance? And he said, not the way I play it. <laughs> I love that. That reminds me of the way the casinos work. So it's not a game of chance for those guys, anyway. Yeah. Full house. Good, good, good. Next. Okay. Uh, Tandy. Tandy
0: Leather. Ticker TLF. A lot of companies came out of Tandy over the years, including Radio Shack and Tandy Crafts. And uh, I think Pier 1 might have been mixed up with Tandy 40 years ago. I don't know. But in this case, Tandy Leather is uh, an operator of retail and wholesaler. Of leather. Uh, They sell leather, leather working tools, buckles, adornments for buckles, leather dyes finishes, saddle and tack hardware, Um, and they own a company called the Leather Factory that sells uh, leather furniture. I actually have seen that. There's 29 of those. They have 76 retail stores under the name Tandy Leather Company, and then they have an international segment. Um, What do I like about this thing? Again, it's valuation. It's 11 times earnings, a 34% discount of the market multiple. They're putting up low teens operating margins with a five-year consistent improvement in those of about 100 basis points a year. That looks like it's continuing this year. The returns on capital um, had a strong you know, early part of the decade, obviously got clocked in 08, and they're slowly recovering. They did 13% return on capital last year, Looks like it's going to be a bit higher than that this year, and uh, and they have very little debt, three million in debt. Enterprise value to EBITDA on this one, you know, I didn't do the math. Let's work it out together. Four point eight three stock price, ten million shares. That's forty eight million. Three point four million in debt. Add that in, six point three in cash. Subtract it out. That's forty five million in enterprise value, and then I have. Uh, Sixty million in sales times a twelve point seven percent operating margin that gives me seven point six million in EBITDA, and that's a five point nine multiple on EBITDA and for those of you that are uh, sticklers for accuracy in value line, EBITDA is the operating margin that's not gap accounting, but in value line that's how they do it for ease of use but I've got a five point nine five Multiple on EBITDA, which is a 16.8% cash-on-cash cash return. Now, uh, you know, the, the the history of the show, we, we, we don't often get a chance to be on the Internet. We kind of shun it here on the show because we're drinking and stuff. But I have it today. I looked up something about leather prices. I saw that on yeah.
1: fashion, etc. Well, on your screen. I I'm, thought
0: – thought, oh. I'm shopping again? No. Uh, I was looking. Now, my thought is, why is this thing ten times earnings? I know that last year, all commodities were racing higher. Metals, wood, gold, (coughs) fuels, everything was up, all commodities. And I don't track leather prices, at least here at the office. Um, and so I didn't wasn't familiar, but it looks like there could have been a big jump last year. Maybe they're under pressure now. Who knows? Maybe they've got a bunch of high priced inventory. You know, I don't know. That's certainly worth checking out. But on the metrics that I'm seeing here on Value Line, this looks like a hell of an
1: idea. Tandy Leather, ticker TLF. You know, you know, it's interesting. On Dover, you said 16% cash on cash return. Here, you said 16% cash on cash return. And 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 when you did that, you you made me wonder. I wonder if this is a takeover. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but look at these numbers. The stock's trading at five bucks. Yeah. We give them ten. We give them ten dollars a share to buy the company. We that that means we've got a hundred million that we've got a we've got to take down a five percent interest. It's a, it's a five million five million nut. We got to cover these guys are generating five million in cash flow, and that's just a that's just a quick and dirty. So again, I. Well, you don't have to pay them twice. You could pay them a premium of 20%, 30%. Exactly. Work your way up until you have to pay a double for the last, you know, the last little segment. But, you know, I'm emboldened. I think maybe we. Maybe I take some of those uh, future unsecured compensation units. Write that down and see what the initials tell you. Can you Um, use those for anything? You can't use those to buy a stock. I can barter them somewhere. I don't know. Somebody, a colleague, who? (coughs) You want to buy mine? (laughs) No, I don't. Well, no one in my shop wants to buy mine. But you know, I don't know. There's got to be a way. To buy some of these companies and take them over because they're just they're just too intriguing. And every time you come up with a 16% return as a passive buyer, I think about tripling my money as a as a real buyer. I, I think I want to be the new car icon of the small cap world. So Tandy Leather, I like it. I'm taking it over. Get your checkbook out, my friend. Yep. Next. All right, next.
0: Finally, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for listening. The show, for some reason, got a little bit on the long side to start, but we're we're kind of we can go fast picking it up now a little bit.
1: Wayside technology. Before you say anything, uh, yeah. The company's programmers paradise. Yeah. You know what I think of when I think programmers paradise? Desert island with lots of uh, Xboxes and beer. I don't know what uh... fat guys with beers eating. Yeah, junk right. Food, okay, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, that's yeah. Programmers paradise. Yeah, wonder yeah. what that means. Yeah, email well, us and give us your thoughts. No, thought I on... have,
0: uh, I've, I've purchased some things from Programmers Paradise. It's well, a, you would. It's purchase a website. Them. It's a catalog. They've got a lot of attractively priced pieces of software that aren't carried in the Apple Store or not carried in Best Buy. You know, here's the thing: there's only so much shelf space in retail, and so, Paraders. Uh, Paradise, uh, programmers. Bit, let me have a Paradise. little. Paradise. Uh, yeah. Oh, nice. uh, these guys have everything because it's online it's primarily windows they have a little bit of mac now mac has their own store now on the on the little apple drop down you see the mac os store so that is undoubtedly competition for people like this but uh there's the whole windows world out there and i would say that the history of sales looks pretty good over time they mm-hmm. had that again that hiccup in 09 but they're recovering nicely and what I'm attracted to is, it's again, it's 11 times earnings. If I look back over 10 years of history in value line, all their returns on capital are mid-teens or better. And Probably. last year they did 17%, and it looks like it's going to be quite a bit higher in 2011. They haven't reported it yet. They have no debt. They have uh, $3 a share in cash on an $11, $12 stock price. And the trend in sales uh, historically was good. We got that hiccup in o eight, but now it looks like it's picking up again with numbers this year, which aren't reported here in value line, looking like they might be as much as uh ten or fifteen percent above the levels of uh of last year. The margin again, I can't speak to that, but it's it's been improving for the last three years um and uh you know direct marketers historically have economies of scale in mass markets. Now, particularly for things that you don't have to touch or see or smell and that kind of thing. And that's why software is ideal for direct marketing because you don't have to see it. You just need to read about it, see a screenshot, uh, see the functionality. You don't have to play with it. And the distribution is downloaded. Yeah, the dis- it's downloaded. And so I think it's a wonderful model. The other thing it does is it's paying a 5 I didn't mention this right off,
1: 5% 5.4.
0: dividend. 5.4%. And the dividend is very well covered. So the dividend is running this year at uh, $0.16 cents a quarter, and they're earning, you know, 18 26 33 So other than Q1 when things are obviously a little quiet after the holidays, uh, they have the dividend very well covered. I can tell from their prices that, or rather, from, I'm sorry, from their operating margin, which is 3.4%, that their pricing is very competitive because when you look at the operating margin of 3.4%, now remember, that's revenue minus all operating costs. So all their operating costs are 96.6% of sales, and then they mark it up, in effect, So when I see that, you're thinking, well, that's a pretty low margin. But then you see a 16% return on capital. So what that means is their sales to assets is very high. They're getting a lot of turnover through their distribution model. And because of the very tiny markup on total cost, it's going to be very hard to compete with them. And so when I see that, it's really a double-edged sword. You're like, well, they're not earning a lot on margin, But that means nobody can come in and compete with them. And they've focused all their energy on really having an efficient distribution system, which can be super efficient when you don't need to have any buildings or factories around that, and you can just have a bunch of servers that are prepared to download that to your customers. So Wayside Technology, uh, I didn't mention it. It's 5.6 times EBITDA. So compared to the other couple companies we've talked about tonight, the return, the cash-on-cash return on that, Uh, and I'm doing the math here, is 17.8%. So that's... Plus add the dividend. That's high. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to double count. But Mm -hmm. you do get the dividend in cash. Right. This 17, you don't. But if we bought the company, we would get 17.8%
1: and in... Included in that is the money we would use for the dividends. So here's a question for you: The dividend, sixty-four cents, cash flow per share, share in 2004 was a buck sixty-eight, then seventy-three cents, then eighty-two cents, then ninety-two cents, and eighty, then seventy-two cents, and $1. it's $0.70. never been below the dividend. It's never been below the dividend. So what on earth is a stock doing out there with a five point four percent yield? what are people worried about? The dividend's safe. Well, they might be worried about the Mac store, which is on the button
0: of the operating system. And who knows? You know, I think Windows may be starting up a store as well. Um, And so maybe somehow the market fears that they're going to get disintermediated by the operating systems themselves. But somehow, I don't think that every purchase of software is going to go through these stores plus apple needs to approve every piece of software so you might need to go somewhere where apple doesn't need to approve every piece of software my suspicion is windows may need to approve programmers paradise they don't need to approve so
1: uh, you'll still have a, a a bit of a reason to have an outside retailer honestly. well it's interesting cuz i cuz i like that and the only other thing again i always look at the i always look at the pe ratio trend cuz it's always a little bit to me it's a it's a applause meter, and uh, the, the, the P-E ratio has been contracting, which suggests that enthusiasm for the company is waning. You know, it was almost a market. Well, it was a market multiple in uh, 2006, and it's been getting skinnier every single year yeah. since. So I'd want to do a little bit of work, but, I you know, I like, boy, when I can see a 5.4% yield, I, I, I definitely wake up.
0: Well, and again, it's a, it's a thing that, you know, using our old LBO models from the 80s, this thing is an easy takeout. Um, and at 16% return, just do the math, you really only need about seven years of that. And now you have all your money back, and everything you earn after that is free money. So, um, you know, things are going to have to get pretty bad. Uh, for these guys not to earn a, a little bit of money here over the next few years. And I honestly don't have a sense of what the fear is other than, as I say, the Windows Store or the Mac Store. So so I like it. Good. I'm recommending uh, that people take a hard look at that.
1: So uh, you want to choose? Uh, okay. Okay. Okay, but uh, you wanna choose first. Oh I get to choose right, why don't we write our choices on a piece of paper? And secret. Well, I'll, 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 tell tell you, I'll tell you where I'm gonna go. Okay, great. I'm gonna I I I think it's risky, but I'm gonna go with wayside technology. I'm just gonna go with the dividend. A bird in hand Wow. A bird in hand is worth a, bird. a lot of money. Yeah, it's worth bird. it's worth a bird. A bird. Yeah.
0: Uh, I am gonna do something different than that this What are you gonna do? Uh, I'm going to do full house
1: resorts. There's
0: no dividend, but gambling is addictive. Uh, there's a history. There's a 5,000-year history of gambling, and there's not a 5000 history of using software. So that would be my contrast. And I that think we know that as the consumer recovers uh, these gambling stocks, it's the last
1: bastion of retail that really hasn't recovered. Well, stay tuned because ne- the next couple of shows, we'll have the look back, and we'll see just... Who is the ace stock picker? <laughs> the value guy or the momentum guy? I don't know. We'll find I'm out. Pretty sure.
0: Stay tuned. All right, well, thanks for listening in, everybody. You've uh, managed to waste another 40 41 minutes, minutes. And I completely steal that line from Car Talk, so I want to give them their due. But I like them, and I like their show. So thanks for listening in. See all our caveats, past shows, links to our best ideas, pictures of Mo when he was a child at www.thevalueguys.com. Thanks for listening in, everybody. See you next week.